0: The early kickoff strikes again. Yep, today, folks, my favorite betting narrative has come through once more. Manchester City have just dropped points to West Ham. Come on, you odds. Sergio Aguero is injured again. I'm not sure that bloke has any actual ligaments anymore, but fair play. Pep Guardiola remains bald, and he also remains fraudulent. So narratives in the early kickoff—they're looking pretty strong. We also have UFC this evening, which is huge. But before that, I must mutter an apology. As you know, the early kickoff is something you can never bet. Including those pesky Ukrainian ones in Europe. I'm talking to you, Real. Dropping points to Shakhtar during the week. But in my haste and my lack of researching the game times today I accidentally bet on the early kickoff. and I know what you're thinking that's a cop out now you obviously knew City were playing early everybody knew City were playing early you saw it in your fantasy Premier League I'm thinking don't take me for a bloody idiot of course knew City were playing early I'm talking about betting on Atalanta in the Serie A early kick off I know you're thinking Nah, they played midweek. That was my fucking thinking. That was my thing, I thought, oh. Hopefully they'll get that pesky late kickoff that the Serie A loves so dear that seems to be reserved exclusively for Juventus versus Roma games. That pesky late kickoff. Bastards. Instead, they were on I don't know how I don't know how early it was. I'm really here now. I, I had just, I had just woken up, and Atlanta had already been pumped three-one by Sampdoria. It hurt me. They were in a lot of my accumulators. I'm not gonna lie, but you know which one they weren't in, the one that matters, the SSS over six point four four-fold parlay. We all know this is a bet we're all, we're all sitting down to take notes for. We're all thinking it was three or four last week of four last week on over evens bet. he's pretty good and his one loss was slightly biased to him against the zombies so this week he's got to go one better surely he's got to swing, ding, out the park that's what this week's accumulator is going to be we've also got a further discussion on UFC 254, what Habib Nurmagomedov from the Ali Abdelaziz camp of PED abusers allegedly goes up against just an American folk style wrestling, gesty. It's a huge fight. This this is probably going to be the biggest card of the year. I am massively excited and it's not a late night one because it's on my favourite place on the planet. Fight Island, sponsored by Ferrari, where, come on. Huge narratives. Joe Rogan probably won't be there. Even better. A a massive event, not, not commentated by Joe Rogan. My prayers are starting to be answered. I'm going to get right into this. Uh, We've got Manchester United playing in two hours. Crystal Palace are currently beating Fulham 1-0. Last I saw. So I'm going to try and get through this as quick as possible. You could be looking at a 33 minute episode this week. There you go. There's your first minutes reference in a while. I know you've missed them. And then I'll be sitting with the football on the big screen. The UFC on the laptop. And whatever German fixture I can get on BT on the phone. I love these game. Basically... Where tonight's concerned, I'm not really going to get into any real breakdowns of the prelims or any of that shite. Uh, although, my MMA DFS for the night is looking strong. Looking like the sort of thing that's, that's going to prove me to be a key contributor in MMA circles. Because I'm just a bloody genius. I will really only comment on Bobby Knuckles, who I do believe is getting it done tonight. Probably by decision against Jared Heavy Hands Cannoneer, and then later tonight we will have a new UFC lightweight champion. Oh, we most certainly will. I'm going to integrate one of our friend of the show topics into this segment because friend of the show jack flanagan and stayer up for one ufc event a month jack flanagan oh he'd be there'll be some messages exchanged between me and him tonight and depending on how the fights go they'll either be very nice or they will have a bit of a you're a fucking agent tinge but Jack Flanagan knows me very well. Very good friend of mine. Love him very dearly. And he has me exactly down pat when his topic was Who do you have for Saturday and why is it a Gate 2 decision? Well, Jack, you're exactly right. It's a Gate 2 decision. And I think you know exactly why it's going to be a Gate 2 decision. Dominating inside calf kicks. You're going to see the first round, the commentators are going to be saying, There's already a red welt on Nurmagomedov. Everybody knows, as soon as there's a red welt on someone's leg in MMA, the fight's already over. The fight is already over. And even better, if he switches to Southpaw to hide the leg, it's over. It's over ladies and gentlemen. I think Gaethje could could very well win the decision. I have bet against Khabib pretty much every time he's ever fought. Don't believe the hype. Also, he had Ali Abdulaziz. Uh So, there's a slight bias there. But Khabib is obviously a massively dominant, undefeated, probably best MMA grappler of all time. And he is Russian so there are certain accusations that could be leveled at that country in the past over a certain abuse of a certain performance enhancing drug that would be likely to increase performance in a wrestling sphere but obviously the Russians have never been proven to do that sort of thing and obviously it seems far far more likely that a random mountain region in Russia has just randomly shot forth 5 of the top 10 Sambo wrestlers in the world. It seems far more likely that. There's, there's no conspiracy. Don't be, be silly. But yeah, Gacy decision. Oh, it's looking nice, Like look. It is looking nice. And you're getting it at over 8-1. Last time I checked, the odds were 17-2 to two for a Gacy decision and we're talking about this as if he's not a man who just went the distance with Tony Ferguson, a man who is literally renowned for his insane cardio so Gaethje clearly can go the distance he's also got tremendous power and has shown a proficiency with his striking to a really new level recently, in his last few fights Gaethje has looked incredible also you realize this fight is going to devolve into boxing that will most certainly not be clean there will be a lot of dirty outside the clinch boxing maybe some even inside the clinch boxing and Gaethje has incredible power and as I said has proven that his striking is really really improving he also was you don't need to. He- you don't need to hear me say that Justin Gaethje's got incredible wrestling pedigree because the commentators are going to say it fifteen times in the first fourteen seconds of the fight. Collegiate wrestler Justin Gaethje will be mentioned, don't you worry about it. And will his American folk style be able to trump the Sambo wrestling superstar? Gaethje's takedown defense has always been pretty excellent. I think he's. He's never fought anyone of Khabib's pedigree. Like we always say, oh this fighter, surprisingly good against takedowns. And then they fight Khabib and they get mauled. But you'd have to say, the reason why I've always touted the Tony Ferguson fight is because of how much damage Tony can do off his back. There's a chance Gaethje doesn't make it to his back. There's a chance that Gaethje does manage to stuff takedowns. Manages to keep Khabib at range. Because, let's face it, you don't want to be rushing in for takedowns against a man with the power of Justin Gaethje. Who also has that wrestling pedigree. Like, you can push through the shots on the way in against an Edson Barbosa. Who, you know, once he gets on the ground is essentially a CPR dummy. Or Conor McGregor, who, once he gets on the ground, starts moving like that bloke he punched in the pub trying to get out of the bath. But of of course McGregor, uh, a brown belt in jiu-jitsu by the way, under Dylan Dennis' mighty tutelage. Needs to focus more on the offensive jiu-jitsu game in that rematch though, which will probably happen in 2026. I really do like Justin Gaethje's fighting style. As you know I'm a big Tony Ferguson guy, Gaethje eviscerated him. The fight wasn't close. Despite what Tony Ferguson's corner would have you believe for the first round. But, obviously, I could look moronic come, what, I don't even know what time in the main event's going to be at. Like, like, probably eight. I could look moronic then, when Khabib comes out and, once again, mauls a look for three rounds. But we did see checks in the armour against Poirier. We saw Poirier, who is a guy who's pretty good in the ground and also a really nice blow. Uh had Khabib locked at one stage yeah, Poirier obviously had that Kimura that was probably the closest we've ever seen Khabib to losing and that was last time out so it's not as if Khabib has looked invincible the last sort of, the last time we saw him it's definitely a case of there are chinks in the armour because he is human albeit a potentially. Allegedly. Human who uses. Extracurricular means. To be an extra strong human. I think. I know what I want. I want a new lightweight champion. But I also want. Ferg- I also want Ferguson versus Khabib. So. It's kind of up in the air. Because. If. If. Khabib loses, he could get Tony, instead of an immediate rematch for either Ferguson or Khabib, they could fight each other to get another crack at that title. However, I am very well aware that there is a potential bout being scheduled somewhere in Texas Stadium featuring Jerry Jones, which could throw a massive spanner in the works for my vision of the lightweight picture. However, it would not surprise me if three weeks before the fight it was announced it was at Welter. uh, But it'll still have lightweight applications, I'm sure. So, that is pretty much my thoughts on the UFC event tonight. I think I obviously will be watching the full thing. I will not just be watching the last two fights as my predictions would claim. I just hope we get good fights, if I'm being really honest. Now, onto a place where I don't want competition at all. That's obviously Manchester United in the middle kickoff in the Premier League today. Meaning I won't have to chop up fifteen quid or watch. <coughs> Very bad. Sorry. For legal purposes, that last that last sentence. My brain just didn't allow me to say it. Uh, but let's just say how I watched the United game last week featured a lot of. MILFs in my area that would be very keen to meet me. Very, very bad, 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 bad watch. The football was pretty good. I've I've had a reasonably good time watching Manchester United this week for the first time and Well, since the last time we had a run that featured PSG. Played really well in midweek. Albeit against a team that doesn't have a midfield. That really doesn't have a midfield. But at the same time, you've got to to go to that place in Paris and roll them over. And we did. And we also looked really good once Van de Beek came on against Newcastle. But I am looking forward to us starting a Matic-McTominay pivot. And waiting until the 70th minute to bring on any players that can make an impact. And then just having to frantically sprint the last 20 minutes to get something out of this game but luckily it is up against Fat Frank who might be the only manager in the league more technically inept than Oleg Gunnar Solkshire. hopefully he has the balls to start Axel Tuanzebi he was unbelievable during the week and any of you that have been around me in a sporting context will have heard the name Axel Tuanzebi many times because I'm a big fan of that kid after watching him in the academy like twice, and deciding that he was the future of my football club, I certainly have no such qualms at the minute. Hannibal Medry, he's he's, he's it. Like he is most certainly it. I can see Chelsea kicking on from their two draws recently. They'll be up for it. Like Timo Werner he could have an absolute field day with our defenders he could have an absolute field day and I am in two minds because I am a Kai Havertz owner but I am also a Manchester United fan but at the same time Fantasy Premier League has never never let me down a million times in the last two seasons so Manchester United 3-1 but a Kai Havertz goal for them sounds a bit of me Rashford 2, by the way. Rashford 2. Huge fantasy Premier League day for me coming. I really, really want the way we played in Paris to be the new ethos. Just defending en masse so you can't isolate the fucking awful individual defenders we have. That sort of swarm defending with Wambasaka. Wambasaka looked amazing. Twansby looked amazing. Just constantly grouping. Alex Tellys looked fantastic as well. Uh, he kind of has been forgotten because he got taken off early. I think the back four could look alright the rest of the season. It could look okay. I'm not getting excited. I know right now people are listening and thinking Now sounds optimistic. I'm not. Don't worry about it. I am very, very well aware of the limitations of my football club. Most of them, backroom staff, including King Oli himself. But if you think for a second that means I'm not taking the minus one this weekend, you're an idiot. I actually will just get into the acca right now because I don't know if you can wait anymore for this for this winner. Like Atletico Madrid minus one. Haven't any odds written down for. It. But it's over six to four. You can safely assume it's over six to four. It might be eight to five. It could very well be. Tottenham minus one. Well they're eight to five. Certainly. Manchester United minus one. Or oh, they're three to one. But they could be twelve to one. Or they could be one to two. I'd still find a way to make them over six to four. And then finally I'm doing it again. Celtic minus one. If they scalp me again this week, I am going. I am going to Glasgow, and me and Lurgan Clap are going to have words. If he comes out in a, if he comes out in a back three, the bet's dust, and I am angry, angry. But yeah, that bet pays out at seventy to one. This episode is being recorded on the twenty fourth of October, so the stake will be two forty. As as we know. 24 divided by 10. I don't need to do the math for any of A few good fixtures tomorrow as well. Or maybe Monday. Because I really haven't looked at the time constraints. I know Arsenal play Leicester. And Wolves play Newcastle. I think Arsenal probably continue their pretty good start to the season. After just scraping by Rapid Vienna and their fans deciding Thomas Party is the second coming of Christ. Yeah, to each their own. To each their own. I think they'll kick on and get a good win this weekend. Leicester have looked shaky at best. Then you've got... Newcastle. Who've been playing pretty well. Like, for 85 minutes of last week's game. They held United in really well. Kept them at bay. Scored, obviously. I don't know if I'd be wrong if I said that Oli Gunnar Solskjaer wasn't even the best manager to play for United in the 90s. Because Steve Bruce is... He has an actual set of tactics. Yes, they are from 1941. But he implements them well. He coaches the team properly. To follow out those tactics and he's made a couple of very reasonable signings as he always has done at any club he's gone to he's always had a reasonable start and then he does capitulate at some stage but I don't know if Bruce wouldn't have been a better hire than so sure Yes we would have been playing the flat, the Ikea flat back four football but probably would have got more wins. would probably be playing centre half. Is the only thing. Okay. I think... I think I'm pretty much done on football this week. El Clasico was going on as we speak. I would expect... Uh, there to be a reasonably high scoring affair. Madrid were pretty good odds. I think I have them in one bet that is already dead because of Atalanta. But I think Madrid were pretty good odds this week against Barca who, let's face it, the last few seasons, even if they have been good, are a very, very bottling side. And it's a pretty huge fixture and Madrid are off two bad results. So you'd like to think there will be the inevitable uptick in the big fixture. This will be something to really get them riled up. Imagine Sergio Ramos will have like 15 Instagram stories like, we go to war. I hate that look. But he'd probably play pretty well. I'd also... Oh, there's no other big fixtures this week. German football's a bit of a German a a bit of a sack this week. You've got everyone's favourite derby in football in Borussia Dortmund Schalke. I'm not talking at length about Borussia Dortmund Schalke. It's not happening. So, I think... We've got no tier list, by the way, this week. Uh... The tier list is being avoided until I can get a graphic design set featuring three Walker bags of crisps. I think I think you know which friend of the show I'll be going for for it. Uh, I just need to message him at some stage this week. Maybe give him some fantasy primary League advice. He's had a bit of a dud few weeks. So if that's the case, and there's no tier list, then I suppose we got to get into Friends of the Show. And this week, old McCoy decided to try and get me to bite again. He decided to try and just wind me up. I know he didn't ask, why did you double up on Villa assets? Uh, which would have been also particularly annoying for me. I'm really glad I didn't do this podcast last night. Because I'm not sure I wouldn't have said Villa were winning 12 now. It would have been bad. But this week Macaulay decided For all your talk of being the big sporting man who watched all sports, you don't watch the two most popular sports in this country, that being rugby and Gaelic. Gaelic really being two sports. What's that all about? Well tell you this. Much is made about my love. For the American, the Americanized sports, much is made of my love of American football. Oh uh, how how can how can you love American football that much? You know, those guys. It's only really played in America. They have no real, outside the world competition. I'm told that, by blokes, that will go at the weekend. And watch lads that have been out in the beer. Play Gaelic at an elite level. And then on the Monday go back to their job in the Ulster Bank. The people that play American football. Are the greatest athletes on the planet. And that's why I stopped watching rugby. Because. Some of you will remember. That have known me for a while. There was a time where I I was pretty into the rugby. Albeit never club rugby because let's face it, I'd rather watch I'd rather watch two bums fight over a sandwich than watch club rugby to see which French team Johnny Wilkinson plays for now because I imagine he's still in the in the Clooney years of his career playing for what Vomiton Child or any other assorted French team. American football really did take over the rugby space in my in my sporting brain because once you see a guy like Saquon Barkley who would probably be one of the strongest people in rugby whilst also being the fastest you just can't really you can't really back rugby as a sport after that there's also slightly more excitement in American football cuz you don't have Grown lads holding other grown lads up whilst taking a throw in. So that's why rugby stopped being for me and instead I moved over to a sport where there's actual excitement, the athletes are 10 times better, and I never have to listen to former excellent England coach Martin Johnson, of course, who, you know, we captained them in 2003? You know, we captained them in 2003? Also, I don't want to watch a sport where England are good. I have no idea what the obsession with rugby in this country is about. Potentially from the Dublin mob, who are all, well, English anyway. They're also pretty good at Gaelic. Hmm, so it's always as if places with a very typically English background are quite good at rugby and Gaelic. Hmm. Maybe that's why I've chosen to avoid those topics. Maybe because of also the the sort of people that play rugby in Belfast. Uh, just, maybe just it's it's merely it's merely a suggestion, merely a suggestion. Uh yeah, I watch I watch Gaelic. I'm not watching I'm not watching club versions of either sport. So I don't know why I'd watch. I don't know why I'd watch either sport. Like if the club version of either of your sports ever improves to a level where they aren't absolutely catastrophically bad as a product, then maybe I'll start watching. But like, what what do you want from me, McCauley? Do you want me to say, oh, I prefer football because it, it's better? Because it's a better sport? Because better athletes play it? because it's more worldwide so you know you're getting more competition so there's a bit of unpredictability to it like let's, let's not let's not pretend that the best six nations in rugby have changed in the last 50 years like let's not pretend that because they haven't As for Gaelic, let's not pretend that the last nine footballing All-Irelands haven't been a two-horse race. Potentially for even longer. There is no competition at the top level of either sport. You will get good games. like You'll get good finals. But... How many times have we seen absolute blowouts in All-Ireland semi-finals in the last few years? Apart from when, of course, the GAA rigged several of them to get draws to double their revenue, allegedly. But that doesn't seem like the sort of sport I I want to put my time into, does it? A sport where it is obviously a case where one team is so much more dominant than every other and Lord knows I've seen the articles saying how much money the Dubs get for their Gaelic team. So they're going to get even more dominant in future. Because not only do they have the best players currently, they have the best infrastructure. Why would I invest my time into that sort of sport? So I can watch Cross playing play in the club field? Not for me. I have far too little time where sports are concerned these days. I'd rather watch sports that are at least a modicum of unpredictability even though with world pro bowling championships you can't always expect Jason Belmonte to be up there he's the the best there ever was but as for the two sports no they're not for me and I can still be the premier sporting man in the country whilst not watching England it's, it's no issue because you know I could have a passable conversation with anyone on both of them I can more than clearly pass myself on either sport, that doesn't mean it's the sort of sport I want to invest a lot of my time into when frankly the American products eat and shit them both simple as as for me I've been your captain, now Murray you've been flying this is a solo good night